We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion. On today's show, I'm going to continue my commentary on education in America. But today I'm going to focus on Christian education, Christian colleges and Christian schools, and why so many of them are broken. And quite frankly, you'd be better off sending your kid to a state school than many of these Christian schools. I'll explain to you why. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome back to today's Rebellion. As you know, I spent a lot of time last week talking to you about education. I spent several hours, several episodes, several shows trying to convince all of you who are listening right now to care, even if you don't have kids in school any longer. What was my mantra? You need to care about education. Why? Because if you don't, our culture is lost. You can't pass this problem on to the next generation and say, you know, I did my thing. I raised my kids. I raised my grandkids. They're out of school now. It's the next generation's problem to fix our schools. I understand why you feel that way, but we cannot go there. Because if we do, I firmly believe our culture is lost. Because if our schools aren't teaching common ideas, ideas that are shared by community, a community assumes some commonality, some binding glue, some virtues and values that hold that community together and define it as being different and hopefully better than other communities. That's the nature of a country, of a nation. That's the idea of American exceptionalism is that our Constitution and that our Bill of Rights and that our Declaration of Independence, the American Revolution, was different, better, superior, exceptional, over and above that of other revolutions like the French Revolution. How many times have we talked about it? The French Revolution focused on different ideas and ended with blood flowing in the streets and people losing their heads on the guillotine. The American Revolution, led by imperfect people who made mistakes, yes, but they had a document, a set of ideas, virtues that they held dear, that we've codified as our guiding ethos. And those ideas were grounded in a biblical worldview, a Judeo-Christian ethic, Christianity, orthodoxy. And I've shared with you the history that bears credence to those facts. Well, part and parcel of American education is this idea of Christian education. I shared with you last week that many of our Ivy League institutions were founded explicitly as Christian institutions. Well, today we still have some 120 to 140 different colleges and universities across the United States who still, who still subscribe to Christian orthodoxy, at least on paper. They're called the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities. The acronym is CCCU. Those institutions would include schools like, oh, Taylor University, Wheaton College, 
Olivet Nazarene, Southern Nazarene, um, John Brown University, Oklahoma Baptist University, Oklahoma Wesleyan University, Indiana Wesleyan University, Houghton College, and the list goes on and on and on. Out on the West Coast, you'd have Westmont, you've had, you would have Biola, you would have Point Loma Nazarene University, George Fox University. All of these institutions are part of the CCCU, the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities. And many of you listening right now may have attended one of these schools. You may be an alumnus of one of those that I've just cited. Well, I'm going to share with you an anecdote of one of these institutions and what they're promoting right now as part of their ministry program on their campus. And it should cause you concern. Remember this quote? A wolf in sheep's clothing is dangerous, but a wolf in shepherd's clothing is downright deadly. We need to be asking ourselves questions right now, whether it be a state institution, public school, or even a private Christian school or Christian college. Is it a wolf in sheep's clothing? Or is it a wolf in shepherd's clothing? And which is more dangerous to your progeny as well as to our public ethos? Which is going to compromise the integrity of our culture more? The wolf in sheep's clothing or the wolf in shepherd's clothing? Hopefully we don't have to settle for either. Hopefully we can get away from the wolf altogether. But it's stunning people what Christian colleges are even doing right now. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. And when I get back, I'm going to share with you this anecdote of one of these Christian schools, a real-time snapshot of what's going on right now on these campuses and why you should care. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. Okay, last week I had somebody send me this via Facebook. I appreciate all of you who follow me on social media and help do the research for uh, things that actually sometimes end up on this show. Sometimes they just end up uh, being dialogue that we have on social media. Well, I'm going to share with you this particular story. I received this, um, it was posted on an Instagram account for this particular institution. And yes, it is an official ministry of this college. So they can't wash their hands of it. It is an official ministry. And this Instagram account is an official account with that university. The organization at this university is called the Mosaic Center. And the Mosaic Center is at Houghton College. Houghton College is one of the um, Wesleyan schools. It's a sister school to Oklahoma Wesleyan, the institution that I served as president of for some 17, 18 years. Houghton College is located in Houghton, New York. It's, oh, an hour south, uh, basically straight south of Niagara Falls in the beautiful hills of upstate New York. Houghton College is kind of, at least it's fancied itself, as being the intellectual flagship, the academic leader of the Wesleyan Church. Now, I remind you that the Wesleyan Church is a conservative holiness church, a Bible-believing holiness denomination of the Methodist movement. So again, if you... uh, had all of the churches that are offshoots of the revival of John and Charles Wesley, if you brought all of those various different denominations together, you would have the likes of the Nazarene Church, uh, the Free Methodist Church, some of the Assembly of God uh, churches. You would have some uh, Evangelical United Methodist churches. 
Other conservative offshoots of the United Methodist Church would be the Pilgrim Holiness Church and the Wesleyan Church. So these are the conservative cousins, if you will, the evangelical cousins of the Methodist movement. And if you're a Methodist and you go to a conservative Bible-believing church and you're offended by that description I just gave, I apologize. I recognize there are still uh, churches within the Methodist church that are trying to hold the line, but you all know very well that there's a civil war taking place within the Methodist church right now, and you're likely going to split this year because of the LGBTQ IA plus movement, and many of the progressive churches within the United Methodist Church are actually arguing to split and leave the conservative churches to form their own denomination, a new denomination, or join one of these other denominations that I just mentioned. That's uh, perhaps a different show for a different time, but the point is this. Many of these evangelical Christian colleges, such as the ones that I rattled off before the break, are part of evangelical denominations like the Nazarenes, the Wesleyans, the Free Methodists, the Assembly of God, etc., etc., etc. Houghton College is a member of the Wesleyan Church. It's owned and operated by the Wesleyan Church and gets a good hunk of money every year from the Wesleyan denomination. Here is a post that they uh, publicly, publicly put out via their Instagram account. And actually, it was put out in February, so it took a while for somebody to actually bring it to my attention. But the interesting thing is they've never taken it down. It's still there. If you go to the Houghton College um, Mosaic Center Instagram account, you'll see this. It is. Uh, it says, let's explore queer black history. Sunday, February 14th, 7 p.m., documentary showing and uh, poetic reading, historical exploration. And it shows the black power fist. Remember we've talked about that fist and what it represents? It's the Marxist fist. It re represents revolution. It's the, it's the same fist that's been used since the Bolshevik Revolution in the early 1900s. It was used in the Soviet Union. It was used in Venezuela. It has been used in Red China. It has been used in Cuba. It has been used around the world. When you see this upraised fist, the iconic black power fist or Soviet fist or communist fist or socialist fist, it's all the same thing. The fist means revolution overthrow. It means conflict. It means violence that we need to win. And if violence is necessary, we will crush our opponents. That's what the fist means. That's irrefutable. It's been there since the beginning. So at Houghton College, they have Let's Explore Queer Black History with the upraised socialist communist power fist of overthrow. And the Let's explore queer black history. Queer is in the rainbow colors. As if I needed to even say that. And even I suppose that isn't even uh, uh, all that consequential, other than it's just right there in your face. Not only do they use the word queer, but they put it in the LGBTQIA colors of the rainbow. All right, you have a problem with this? <laughs> do you have a problem with this? That's my question. <laughs> I mean, my land. If, if you needed any further evidence that Christian education, Wesleyan education, holiness education, 
Christian colleges and universities. If you need any more evidence that these types of schools and their sponsoring denominations by association are lost, look no further. This is an official posting of Houghton College. And it was posted initially back in February, promoting this event, this poetry reading, this exploration of queer black history at the Mosaic Center at Houghton College in Houghton, New York. A premier CCCU institution, Council for Christian Colleges and Universities University. Houghton College. (laughs) This, my friends, is not Christian. It's neo-Marxist Gnostic apostasy, pure and simple. Pure and simple. Where in the Bible... Do you ever see any celebration of queer ideology? Can you show me one verse? Where is it? Where? Where is there anything in Scripture that ever says anything positive about homosexual behavior, queer behavior, queer sex, homosexual sex, bisex? Where? Show me one verse that ever says anything good about that. From Genesis to Revelation. You will not find it, folks. I can save you the time. It's not there. And you know why? Because there's an abundance of evidence. There are numerous verses from Genesis to the end of Revelation that explicitly condemn all sexual behavior outside of a monogamous Marriage of a man and a woman. Oh, but Solomon had all those concubines. That is descriptive literature. That is not prescriptive literature, folks. Oh, but uh, several of the patriarchs had more than one wife. That is descriptive literature, folks. That is not prescriptive literature. Remember, you read the Bible in context. You read it as the literature that is, it is intended to be poetry as poetry, prose as prose, parables as parables, descriptive as descriptive, prescriptive as prescriptive, and proscriptive as proscriptive. You get my point? Prophecy as prophecy. Read the Bible literally within the context of its literature. So don't go down this silly path that the Bible condones slavery. It doesn't. It describes slavery. It doesn't prescribe slavery. And don't tell me that it's in favor of polygamy. No, it describes polygamy. And often in the stories in which polygamy is cited, it doesn't end well for those patriarchs. Yes, David was involved with Bathsheba. But is that a prescriptive story? No, it's a descriptive story that ends badly because of that broken relationship. The list goes on and on and on. I think you get my point. So back to Houghton College. Let's explore queer black history at Houghton College Mosaic Center for inclusion and diversity. So here's a question. Where's church headquarters on this? Do you hear anything from them? Have they issued any statements about this? There's an official organization. It's a coalition of all of the Wesleyan colleges and universities. I used to be a member of that 
governing body. It's called the WEC, the Wesleyan Education Council. And as a president of one of its member institutions, I sat on this, that council. Where are they? Where are those Wesleyan college and university leaders? Are they saying anything about this? You're not hearing? There's a person who actually holds a position at Wesleyan headquarters up in Indianapolis, Indiana, who is in charge of education for the entire Wesleyan church. Where's he? What's he saying about this? Where is the leader? The general superintendent is the title of the entire Wesleyan denomination. What has he said about this? Exploration of queer black history at Houghton College's Mosaic Center. You know that sound you're hearing right now? It's crickets. You're hearing nothing. Nothing. Complete silence. And remember that quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Not to speak is to speak. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Silence is violence. Our progressive SJW woke evangelicals like to tell us, well, your silence right now appears to be violence toward the very orthodoxy of the Christian faith, where you're going to explore something that God specifically condemns. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever tell you to sit around and explore queer history. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever tell you to sit around and have a conversation about queer history or queer identity or queer sex. It doesn't exist because, actually in Hebrews, it tells you it's a shame to even think about what the evil do in secret. But yet, at a Christian college, they're having a specific event to explore queer and black history at Houghton College in Houghton, New York. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you ever wonder how we got in this mess? How we ever became such a divided states rather than the United States? Has it ever crossed your mind how a culture that was so proudly boasting of coexistence five minutes ago has become so fractured and so angry and so hypocritical as what you see on our daily news? I mean, just look around. Our governors, i.e. Cuomo, among others, our governors are misogynists. Our Congress is blatantly corrupt. Our president is inept. Our borders are a joke. Our streets literally burn while our magistrates fiddle with their masks. It's no wonder. It's no wonder that poll after poll indicates that Americans are pessimistic about their future. Why wouldn't they be? Why wouldn't you be? If you want to understand who's responsible for this cultural chaos, look no further than our schools. Oh, our public schools, yes, I spent a lot of time last week raking them over the coals. That corner of the ivory tower has just crumbled. That part of the foundation is sand and dust. It's been eroded through decades and decades of neglect. Oh, and our universities, you know how I feel about that. Our state universities, my alma mater, Michigan State, Bowling Green State. And frankly, 
University of Oklahoma and Oklahoma State University don't have anything to brag about. Neither does Kansas State or the University of Kansas. I mean, pick your school. They've all bought the lie of critical theory, intersectionality, and subjective identity claims. None of them are even teaching the basics of biology anymore. They're insulting women rather than protecting their dignity and identity. And they do it with a straight face. So again, I say it. I say it. Our governors are misogynists. Our Congress is corrupt. Our president is inept. Our borders are a joke. And those people we've elected, our magistrates, fiddle with their masks while we suffer through their foolishness and their experiments with our nation. Again, if you want to understand who's responsible for this nonsense, this cultural chaos, don't look any further than our nation's schools. As the parable of the prodigal son goes, as well as the story of Esau, you know, when you sell your birthright for a pot of stew, you're going to end up wallowing in the slop with the pigs. And what was our birthright? What is our inheritance as a nation? What have these schools so foolishly squandered? Well, I covered it with you last week. Put very succinctly, it's a biblical worldview. All of these schools were founded on a biblical worldview. Houghton says it still holds to one. But the history of education in the United States is replete with schools that were established to propagate a Christian ethos. I told you that last week. The guiding philosophy of American education until the last handful of years, historically speaking at least, was to promote moral and civic development and responsibility and to prepare an upright, honest, and trustworthy citizenry. Leadership of integrity. Put very, very, very simply, the primary purpose of American education for the first couple hundred years of our country's existence was to maintain the nation's moral order. And I'm not making that up. If you're a secularist and want to disagree with me, go read the history. Read the mission statements of these institutions. I rattled them off last week. These schools were founded to galvanize future leaders in a common faith, common ideas, common faith, common virtues, common values. And what was that faith anchored in? Christ, faith in Christ, and faith in America. You want the proof? I'll cite it to you again real quick before the end of the show. I don't have time to do it all, but I'll give you another quick overview. Harvard's founding motto was for Christ and the church. Princeton's motto was I restore life to the dead. Yale's motto was to know God in Jesus Christ and to lead a godly and sober life. These were the first three. Ivy League institutions are most seminal institutions, and they were unquestionably chartered as Christian schools. Their missions added depth to these brief mottos that I just read to you. So if you go dig into them deeper, is what I'm saying, into the actual mission statement that goes beyond and deeper than the motto, Harvard's was, let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well. The main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life, and therefore to lay Christ at the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. Really? Fuzzy, isn't it? Not at all. Very clear. Yale declared its purpose and its mission statement was for its students to live 
religious, godly, and blameless lives according to the rules of God's word, diligently reading the Holy Scriptures, the fountain of light and truth. Again, where do you hear that? Let's explore queer history in that. Princeton's mission statement couldn't have been more precise. Cursed is all learning that is contrary to the cross of Christ. Seven of the first, seven of the eight Ivy League institutions, seven of them were founded explicitly to train up future generations in a biblical ethic, to educate a moral citizenry, and to lay the foundation for a free people and a free nation. You heard me rattle off the stuff last week. Dartmouth to Christianize the Native American tribes as a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Close quote. University of Pennsylvania. Laws without morals are useless. Brown, in God we hope. Columbia University's motto was taken directly from Psalm 36, 9. In thy light shall we see light. Amherst and Wellesley. Northwestern University. Kenyon College. Ohio University. Emory University. Indiana University. Even the University of Southern California. (laughs) to this day, has a biblical motto, let there be light. So my point again, people, is that our colleges just a handful of years ago explicitly cited a Judeo-Christian ethic as their guiding ethos and their very reason to exist in the first place. Our inheritance, our educational inheritance, is rich with the assumption that the highest goal of our schools should be to teach and model integrity within the context of those self-evident truths that are endowed to us by our Creator. Truths such as respect for law and a desire for virtue and a heart for sacrifice, and the value of sobriety and religion and morality and biblical wisdom. And Houghton College is the most recent school to fall because they're now celebrating They're now celebrating, not critiquing. They're celebrating queer black history at the Mosaic Center at Houghton College, a school that's associated with the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities, a school of the Wesleyan Church, an evangelical church, a holiness church. I've got news for you. John and Charles Wesley are rolling over in their grave right now. Wolves in sheep's clothing, they're dangerous enough. But wolves in shepherd's clothing, they're deadly. Don't let your kids be eaten by these wolves. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.